0: For another episode of the This That podcast, uh, today's guest is someone I connected with over Twitter, Jordan from The Wealth Letters, so welcome to today's podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for thanks for having me on, Leo. I, I know we were joking a little bit here uh, about the time. I know it's early for you on a Saturday, so thanks for thanks for doing this early, and it's, it's just the afternoon here where I am, so I appreciate you getting getting up early and talking with me.
0: Of course, it's all, all part of the fun is getting up early, getting it going anyways. I usually work early in the week as well, so it's all part of the, the hustle. Um I was gonna ask, I wanted to start things off uh, a little bit different. Um always asks my guests to get a little bit like kind of creative um to to start with. So I was wondering if you could describe to me your ideal day and what are like the three pillars to that. Is it family? Is it religion? What What are the three pillars to an ideal day? What does that look like for you?
1: Mm, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, as you can tell, so I got in the background here, I've got all my kids' toys and, and I got a cat walking in the background there. So yeah, I mean, family is, family is certainly uh, a pillar of that, no doubt about it. Um, so yeah, my ideal day would be you know, just spending some time with my wife, with my two young girls. Um, you know, they're young, so one of them is one of them is about to turn one, and one of them is just over two. So, um, you know, when I enjoy my day with them, it's usually you know playing in the yard, playing in the basement. Like I say, I've got a bunch of toys in the background, as you can see. But uh, yeah, just spending time with them is 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 where I find that I'm most happy. Mm. Um, another piece of it. I haven't been great at it as of late, but, um, so my full-time job that I do, I'm pretty active. And so, and I get started pretty early. So I haven't been able to do, um, a lot of workouts as of late. So I know you do, you like to do that too. You like to get in the gym. Um, so when I'm able to get to the gym or I'm able to do a workout, it just sets my day up for success in that way too. I feel better. I'm, I'm, I'm up and I'm at them. I'm going, um, you know, so I definitely would like to have a workout involved in my day. And then, yeah, just on the, on the faith side of things, I, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe um, in that. And it's kind of that same thing when I can start my day early with, you know, a reading or a devotion or something like that. Uh, it just kind of gets my mindset into play kind of in the right in the right mode because, you know, you get up. I'm, I'm sure you're aware you get up early. You've got to get ready for work. And before you know it, you're just kind of you're kind of going fast and furious and the day can fly by and you wonder, OK, did I did I really kind of stay in the moment? So, yeah, for sure. Family, a workout and then some sort of a, a devotional kind of ground me. That
0: is uh that is an awesome trifecta. I want to let's let's jump into each of them. I want to jump into family first because sure. I'm I'm 23 years old, so I I feel like I'm a long way off having kids. Um, it's not really on the horizon (laughs) for me just now but more and more recently I've been thinking about just fatherhood and the possibility of that so I was wondering if you could take me back to your own story about maybe when you found out you were going to be a father and what what was happening in your mind at that point if you could just take me back to what that felt like when you found out that you were going to be a father
1: sure uh yeah so we my wife and I we did not. We didn't have our first kid until I was um, I was almost thirty. So, which is kind of odd because in my family, I guess my parents and and some of my relatives they they all started families relatively young. You know, probably around your age actually, and maybe even younger. And so, I guess I from my family standpoint, we we did it a little bit differently. We're even asking, "Do you like kids? Do you want kids? Do you want to start a family?" You know, I'm thirty years old. I don't have a kid yet. Um, you know, so for me, I was okay not having kids right away because I was, you know, I was still in college. I'm still, um, you know, figuring out, you know, basically what I'm, what I'm doing with my life, where I'm going. Um, and honestly, I really enjoyed the time with my wife in our twenties. We, you know, we were working full time. We had uh, a busy schedule, but we got to come home from work and, and, we just got to kind of do what we wanted to do together. We didn't really have to have a schedule or anything like that. So we really enjoyed that time of our lives. Uh, but then, yeah, as we kind of got into our careers, we got set. Um, that's when we decided, like, hey, we we've had our time and our fun, and you know, we'd like to start a family. Not saying that having kids isn't fun, but uh, <laughs> it definitely is a is a change of pace. You know, it's a change mm. of pace. So don't don't yeah. Don't worry, you're 23. Don't you don't need to rush those kids yet. Don't worry about that. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your life right now. <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question on just being a father, it was uh, yeah, it, it it's hard to say. Like you ask people, like, what's it like? What am I am I going to be ready for it? Um, How am I going to feel? And my older brother made a good point to me. He said, "Don't feel bad." you know, when your child is born, your first child, not to know how to feel, especially as a guy. I mean, Mm. the mother is, uh, they've got that natural connection with their child because they carried the child for nine months. They, you know, the, the woman just kind of has this different connection with their kid than a guy does. And so, yeah, I mean, we, when I found out that I was going to become a father, I didn't know how to feel, you know, it was like, wow, I'm going to be bringing a kid into this world. And then, when my child was born it was it was such an amazing surreal feeling but it was also a feeling that I was uh you know I was worried I was happy I was excited I was you know so so the the feelings for me anyways were all over the board they were all over the board that's
0: I suppose that's somewhat nice to hear from my standpoint as well um just that there's not as much pressure on it to feel incredible about it did you notice a shift in your mindset to responsibility now that you were bringing kids into the world are we already pretty responsible for yeah. things by that point
1: yeah I mean I I think my wife and I were we've always I think we've always been quote-unquote responsible mm. um you know we, we've always had a pretty decent handle on our finances on You know our education on furthering our education, whatever, whatever that entailed. So I think we kind of always had a good grasp on that. But yeah, when you, when you realize like, hey, I have a kid coming into the world. There's no more thoughts of you know, hey, we get home from work, we're really tired. Like, let's just order up a pizza and let's just binge watch some shows and and some movies. And you know, and so I, I guess from that standpoint, there was a little bit more of okay. I have to kind of be a true adult now, like yeah, we have our jobs and we have our finance line, but okay now now we're gonna be having kids too, so we're gonna be that true adult or that true mom and dad, um but honestly, having the kids it nothing, nothing dramatically has changed in our lifestyle other than you know maybe we can't binge watch as many shows as we want, and now I'm gonna be watching uh. I watch Frozen quite a bit the movie. I don't even know if you know what Frozen is yeah. all about. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, I about uh quote that movie in my sleep now because that's that's all my daughter wants to watch. So, <laughs> I guess I guess we're still binge watching movies, but it's just Frozen instead of, you know, maybe maybe what I want to watch. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> At what age can you introduce them to good movies? Like at what point can you be like no, we're not. We're watching Lord of the Rings now. No more Frozen. <laughs>
1: Yep, yep, right on. Gosh, i that's a, that's a good question. I think I might have to push the envelope on that one because <laughs> I love my daughters, but boy, oh boy, I'm about ready to be done with Frozen. So I'll, <laughs> I'll have to, uh, I think I'm going to start that process pretty soon here. Yeah,
0: I think that would be, if I if I was in your situation, that would be, well, I would be introducing them to good movies and good music from a young age. But no, no, no Baby Shark for you anymore. We're watching some good stuff.
1: No, no. Yep. You know? No it's 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 kind of funny that you say that because you know Baby Shark, yeah, that my daughter was kind of into that for like a strong couple of days and then she was then she was done with that. So I guess I'm blessed in that regard. I haven't had to deal with Baby Shark, but yeah, Frozen has been that's been my nemesis. <laughs> One thing
0: I'm incredibly curious about is how you approach their access to technology. Cause it terrifies me that people now are grown up in an environment just like absolutely surrounded by iPads and iPhones and YouTube Shorts and TikTok and like the worry is that you absolutely ruin their attention mm-hmm. span. So how do you approach technology consumption for them?
1: Yeah, Um that's a good question. So my my wife is a she's a teacher. She's a middle school teacher, and so they every student, it's a one-to-one device. Like they all have iPads. Uh, they're using technology in every single class, you know? Um, and so we understand that that's like, that's important. That's obviously where we're all moving to. And, um, but it is a little bit scary too, because we think back to when we were in school and we talk about all the time I had my brother and I, we shared a, we shared a cell phone. Um, but, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a smartphone. It was a black phone that we could only text or we could literally only call my mom and dad when we were coming home from a football game on the bus, right, and saying, Mom, come on, we're going to be here in 15 minutes. Come pick us up. And so it's hard for me to frame that from a kid's standpoint. Like, my daughters are going to get in school and they're going to say, I've been using an iPad since kindergarten. All these kids have smartphones and, and you know, so... It's hard for me to try and say, okay, I want my daughters to be able to be involved with all of their friends or to be involved with what's going on in school and have access to technology. But at the same time and point, like you said, you've got TikTok, you've got, I mean, we got every app under the sun where they can be exposed to everything and anything. And so that's uh that's a balance that we're, uh, you know, we're talking about as a, as a husband and wife, we definitely want to be able to give them access to that, but just also protecting them earlier on in life too. Like we don't want to shelter them. We want them to be able to experience life and 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 learn that way. But yeah, I think there's so much out there that, you know, can can harm them too. So
0: mm. so it's that balance of sheltering them, as you said, but also giving them opportunity yeah. to succeed and
1: what our world has now become. Absolutely. Because I mean, I know, I know where, where they're gonna, what, what are they going to do in their job in the future? It's probably going to be, I mean, it's going to be much different than what you and I even can probably even think about right now. There's going to be jobs that we can't even predict yet. Right. And so technology is going to be a huge part of all of that. So yeah, I, I definitely want them to, to be involved with all of that. But yeah, the balance, I, I don't know, Liam, how I, Yet, as a father, how I'm going to to navigate that because I know that the other kids in school, there's probably going to be some that have the smartphone and that have every app that is available to them. And so there's going to be that comparison piece for my daughters, too, you know, mm. and as a as a young kid, uh, you don't want to be the outcast. You want to kind of be like everybody else. So, you know, it's a it's a, it's a tough thing to navigate for sure.
0: For sure. Yeah, I can imagine it being an incredibly tough thing to navigate. I'm wondering, just in terms of, like, raising your children, I'm assuming you and your wife had a conversation beforehand and the way that you would raise them and the values that you would instill in them and so on. So I'm wondering, what's one thing you've taught them and what's one thing that they've taught you?
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. What they what have I taught them? Um wow. I think I've taught them that I listened to gosh, I don't remember. I listened to a a podcast. It was a, f- a few months ago, but um it was a daughter who was being interviewed by a dad, and the daughter was basically telling her dad the things that um, she needed as a daughter, as she aged. So at at this point she was like 20 years old and she basically told her dad that, you know, when I was young, these are the things you did for me that really stood out and, and molded me into who I am today. And one of the main things was, you know, don't stop, just don't stop showing me that, you know, you love and care as a dad. So whether that's, you understand what my favorite food is, uh, and I'm having a bad day, like, you just, you, you know, like, hey, I'm going to go get you your favorite ice cream or, or or those types of things. So I think what I've been trying to, anyways, to teach my daughters is that even though there's going to be times when I need to reprimand them, I need to rein them in because they're not doing something that they should be doing, that I still love them and that they know that daddy's daddy's always going to be there for them no matter what. So um, that's kind of been something that I've been hanging my hat on with them, just especially as as girls not saying that boys don't need to feel that love too, but I I feel like the girls, they really need to to have that connection from their dad to know that dad's going to be there. Mm. Um, And what what they've taught me is that, uh, you know, I think that I've done a lot of pretty hard things in my life. I mean, graduating college going to be i i was a teacher i was a college basketball coach started my own business all that kind of stuff was like wow this is those are some things that i could say were were pretty hard but being a dad that that takes the cake that takes the really? cake they, they've showed me how to be how to really come down to my my knees they have me on my knees sometimes <laughs> because as much as i love them liam they uh they know how to give dad a run for his money when after a long day and I come home and I just want to relax and they want to do nothing but play and yell and scream. And <laughs> it that they, they really bring me down to my own level. So that's what they've taught me for sure is, is, is a uh, dad's not such a, such a big, bad, strong, strong guy after all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. I love that. It's uh, an interesting lesson to learn from it and, I think I've heard that off a few people, not conversations on the podcast, but just conversations in general where people have said that um, being a parent is one of the most difficult things they've done. I'm wondering what's like your your favorite part of it? What are the the moments of kind of clarity that you have around it? Has it just seen like the smile on their face on a Sunday morning? Like What are the, what are the little parts that you enjoy the most?
1: Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, my, yeah, without a, without a doubt, my favorite part is whether I'm picking them up from daycare or maybe my wife has already picked them up and I'm getting home from work and I come into the house, uh, my older daughter, you know, just hearing her say, daddy, come running and saying, daddy and coming running to my arms. Uh, that is, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad of a day you're having. It doesn't matter what you're going through when you have your little girl, just so happy to see you and come run up to you like that. There's no better feeling, you know, as a dad, um, you know, that that's my ultimate number two, you, you know, they just seeing my two daughters play together, you know, one isn't even one yet, but just to see how my older daughter interacts with her and see how my younger daughter already looks up to her older sister. Um, you know, obviously they have their times when they don't get along. Uh, but seeing them in the good times when they're getting along is is that just you just sit back and you smile like these are two of my girls and they're getting along as siblings um you know i know you have a brother yeah my siblings same thing i just remember some of the best times of my life were were things that i did with my brothers and so to see that already kind of happening with my two girls is is priceless
0: yeah that's uh, that must be an amazing feeling is it a feeling of fulfillment or happiness? Like I was wondering if you could describe what that – is it comparable to anything? Is it comparable to passing your driving test or receiving your college degree? Is it just so much deeper than all of that?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, a good question too. I think there's similarities for sure. I mean, like college, for example, or maybe you get your first – you've been working hard at – um you know, you've been working toward a job or an occupation and you finally land it. I mean, there, there definitely is similarities in that regard that you just feel that accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if deeper is the right word. I, I think that's probably the best word that I can come up with is, is that, yeah, that, that sense of happiness that uh, when your daughter says daddy or my daughter even says my name sometimes now. She says you're Jordan, you know. Like, there's just certain things like that where it's like, I mean, why are you calling me Jordan? I'm Daddy, you know. And mm-hmm. and just it's 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 weird little things like that where you just feel true laughter and and joy, you know. I I think when you you graduate college or you get a new job, I I think there's happiness, but I think it's just more of uh, you're you're kind of more inward looking, saying like, I did that. You know, whereas with this with my girls, it's like it's pure smiling and joy, like like that's just that's the only feeling you have is deep joy, so I don't know if that answers your question, but um you know i i don't I don't have a better word than that, yeah, it's just it's kind of like a just a deeper, joyful feeling
0: mm, that definitely does answer my question. do you think people should always have? kids in a family if they can like what what situation mm. should people be in before they have children in your opinion
1: <laughs> oh boy uh if my younger brother listens to this i would say as an example maybe he, <laughs> maybe he's not in a position that i would advise him to have kids and the only reason being you know him and his wife they love to play uh, volleyball. They're in volleyball leagues. Mm -hmm. They go, they're playing volleyball like every night of the week, right? And they're traveling and doing different leagues and all this and that. That's what they love. Um, And I I absolutely love that they do that because it's what they do together and they enjoy that together as a couple. Um, You know, if they were to have children, like that's, they're still going to be able to do some of those things, but they're not going to be able to do that every night of the week, you know? And so I think, if you're going to have kids, you you just do have to understand, you know, what is my lifestyle right now? And am I ready to have that change to a degree? And if you're not, you know, I, I would say then, yeah, you probably should think about waiting a little bit longer. Um, you know, financially, I, I really do feel that you should have some stability financially. Um, mm-hmm. you know, most, most of us here in the States, we're going to have health insurance, you know, so most of the medical bills are going to be covered here. You know, I, I got a a bill after we got home from the hospital um, after having my daughter and, you know, to see the, the hospital bills, it's, you know, 30,000, $40,000 plus for a few nights in the hospital. So, Jesus. you know, if you don't have health insurance, that's, yeah, like that's, that's something that most young guys and gals can't really pay out of their pocket. So, um, you know, lucky enough that health insurance covers most of that, but you still have the normal kid things. I mean, you've got the diapers and the formula and uh, just you kind of have just expenses that come up that you're not necessarily um, ready for. Mm-hmm. So do you need to do you need to have a a bunch saved up? I No, but I do think that you need to be pretty stable on the financial front in terms of your job and that sort of thing. It, it that's just my opinion to kind of go into parenthood as ready as you can. Obviously, we can't predict what's going to happen, right? I mean, I could lose my job tomorrow, let's say. So, there's going to be some things that you can't always control, but I would say yeah, in a perfect in a perfect world, I, you know, look at your lifestyle, are you ready for that to change and, you know, are you do you feel pretty stable financially?
0: Mm. have you saw any cases of people that weren't ready at all but had kids and it then changed them or for the better or for the worse
1: yeah yeah you know um for the better for the better i i can't i honestly can't say uh that i've as i'm thinking there's no nobody has come out for the worst you know i i don't know of anyone who had kids whether they were ready or not, where it's turned them into a more negative direction. You know, I, in every case, the kids have changed them, but, but changed them for the better, whether that's, they decided that, Hey, I really need to, to focus on my finances. I really need to get my, you know, my financial picture, uh, in place for my kids or, or whatever that may be. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's a great question. Liam, I didn't, I didn't think about that, but now that I, now that I reflect on that. Yeah the kids have always have always made a, a positive impact from from what i could tell so yeah, it's,
0: it's interesting you and say that i think that. that's just
1: human i think just human nature don't mm. you think like we we're, we're just humans we're built to we're built to be together we're built to be as part of a community and there's something about it when you're like i i don't want to sound bad i own that child i, I mean that like that child is yours you, mm. you you brought that kid into the world and so i think yeah it just is, it's it's human nature. We adapt to our situation. So, you know, having a kid is, is, is a huge change, but we learn to adapt.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting that, like, people can go from a lifestyle of, like, partying and not really having responsibility then they have a kid and their mindset just shifts. I just find it so interesting mm-hmm. that we can just adapt so quickly to it. Do you think there's a deterioration, in family values in recent years
1: say that again i'm sorry i i I blanked out
0: (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate your honesty do you think there's a deterioration in family values in recent years
1: Hmm. yeah good question there too you know i i have a i have a weekly every week i have a conversation with my best friend from high school, we don't live in the same area. So we try and stay in touch. And this is, that's kind of often a topic that we, that we end up talking about is like, you know, I, I have a family, he doesn't, he wants to have a family. And so we have this dynamic that we can kind of talk about this. And, um, you know, this is something that's brought up. He says, what do you think about, you know, in today's day and age with family values or morals or with all the technology that we have? I mean, are we, are we growing closer together or are we not? Um, you know, that's a, that's a dynamic that's, that's tough for me to answer, but I feel like I was blessed enough to grow up into a family that was very close. Um, you know, I have some people in my sphere that they would never want to be around their parents. They never wanted to be at home. Uh, and I, and I don't know what that feels like because growing up my brothers and I, we we had a really good relationship. My parents, we had a very close relationship. So um, I think that has instilled just the expectation that we as a family are going to be close, that we are going to, um, to the best of our ability, we're going to have dinner at the table together. We're going to have dinner without the TV on if possible. You know, uh, those sorts of things I think are just kind of naturally in my in my mind as what we are going to do because that's how I was raised um, mm. you know so I do think though that it's 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 going to be or it is a fight to keep those morals intact now because of all the access that we have to outside sources I mean I'm not not even from my children but even from my standpoint right like how easy is it for me to get on my phone and check the news or whatever I'm doing. And that just takes away from my girls, right? Like Mm -hmm. my girls can see, Hey, dad is looking at his phone. He's doing this, like that must be okay. And so it really is going to be a battle, even from my point, just to show and model that we can be present together, that we can focus on being a family. There's time and place for technology and phones and all that stuff. But, you know, we need to also have our time as a family too. So
0: what's what's something that you're completely I can't find a word for this, but like what's one thing that you really want to instill in them or have for themselves as they get older? Is it the financial stability is it the possibility that they can do anything like what's one thing you want them to know as they grow up
1: yeah, I think so. I wrote my I wrote my daughters a letter and uh that I I'm want I'm obviously I hope that they read as as they get older that they that they think I'm cool enough as a dad to say, Hey, what what kind of a letter did my dad write me? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wrote a letter to my daughters basically kinda of outlining to them some of the things that I've gone through in life, you know, some of the things that I've found to be worthwhile, basically trying to to hopefully instill in them some things that they can that they can foregoing life that has been hard for me and I think the biggest thing is uh comparison I mean that that's been one of the biggest things that I've struggled with comparison in terms of uh you know what am I doing as an occupation how much money am I making what do I have the whole possessions kind of worldly things if you want to call it that um you know I've always been a perfectionist. I've always been, you know, kind of one of the tops in my class in education, uh, on the basketball floor, whatever that is. I've always strived to be the best. And so, when I kind of look at my lifestyle or I look at how much money I'm making or where I'm at in life, I find myself really comparing all the time. It could be, it could be in, in from the people around me. It could be, uh, you know, I like to listen to podcasts all the time which is great. But I can also hear stories of guys who are, Hey man, they 28 years old and I'm already a millionaire. Um, you know, I can find myself getting into some of that comparison really quick. And at the end of the day, that just, it it steals your joy. And so for my girls, I, I would like to be able to instill in them the idea that, Hey, it is okay to compare To some people in certain regards, like maybe, maybe there's a person that you really look up to them because, you know, they have some really strong qualities that you like, like absolutely compare to those things. But if all you're doing is comparing all the time to yourself or your current situation, you just, you don't have joy. You don't have happiness. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of been the biggest thing for me that I've been navigating as I've, as I've aged that, you know what, you know, maybe, maybe my life hasn't gone necessarily as i thought it was going to be when i was younger um but that's okay like i am in my situation right now i'm blessed with a with a happy family two beautiful girls a healthy um relationship with my wife and so there's there's a lot of blessings that i have that from the outside looking into my life there's a lot of good things that other people see too and so i i i guess long story short to answer your your question is yeah I want to instill in them the idea that what they believe and where they're at is 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 good and it's perfect for them. It doesn't mean that they need to try and compare to their friends over here or what they're seeing on TikTok or Instagram or those sorts of things because at the end of the day they're they're always going to be a little bit different than than those around them and mm-hmm. there's no need to compare to that.
0: How do you get yourself out of that funk when you find yourself comparing? Um, does religion play a part at all in like having that gratitude for where you're at and knowing you're on the right path?
1: To be honest, I, I would say that that's <laughs> that's, pro- that's honestly the number one way that I can navigate that is is my spirituality. Yeah, because I mean what gets me to kind of get grounded again is i'm 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 prone to success i'm prone to yeah i'm wanting money i'm wanting you know to be uh considered successful by those around me all those things that's that's me as a human those are the things that i'm gravitating towards um but with spirituality it's kind of i don't want to say it's opposite because we want to live a life of abundance like we're 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 created to live a life that's happy, that's fun, that's, that's, you know, living life to its fullest. Those are all, those are all great things and those are all part of spirituality and religion. Um, But where we kind of go too far is when, you know, my thoughts and my thinking and my self worth is all based on, you know, whatever that is, possessions or money or these worldly things. And so that kind of is the biggest way that it grounds me is at the end of the day i kind of say you know why are we here what's the reason that i'm here um, and at the end of the day you know we are all going to be going toward later on in our life and we're going to say we're going to be nearing the end and those possessions that the money that whatever it is at that point it's not going to really matter to us what's going to matter is who are who do we have in our life what are our relationships you know what kind of a difference maybe did we Get to instill in those around us and so that that kind of brings me back in when i think that way um but yeah it's it's still really difficult when i like i say i, see, I can see some things going on around me where it's like wow i i thought maybe i would be there at this point in my life but i'm not yet you know mm. and so i am i'm a human i'm a human being i'm I'm imperfect um so i do struggle with that still quite a bit so yeah
0: i can i, I know the feeling as well like I always remember that famous quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, And I always remember seeing that about it and I'm like, it makes so much sense because I see 23 year olds on Twitter just talking about how much money they've made. And that's actually something that I've noticed (laughs) recently is that I need to cultivate my Twitter audience or just like the people I follow on Twitter to be, I guess, less boastful. Because I've found it myself, I've been sucked into these holes where it's just like 23-year-olds that own digital marketing agencies and they're making millions of dollars a year. And you find yourself, you're like, you look at it and you're like, oh, fuck, like I'm not I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not, I'm not them yet. And it's so hard. And I think everyone goes through different stages. It depends on what you measure success by. So for me, success is like, or the thing you measure your kind of self-worth by. Like, for a lot of men, it's success and money, right? But for a lot of women, it's how good-looking they are or how skinny they are or how, like, they'll compare themselves to a model rather than a measure of success. And it's just so hard to be able to ground yourself from that. I just want to touch on Twitter before we get back to religion in, in particular. Have you... What's your kind of, like, top tips for finding a for doing it usefully because you seem to be smashing it on Twitter just now. So I'm just wondering how you use that with intention.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of, so in 2023, just starting this year, I, I read a book, uh, one word that will change your life. And it kind of just, it's nothing groundbreaking. Um, but it just kind of shifted my, my framework of thinking. It was basically saying, you know, at the beginning of the year, we all have our New Year's resolutions. We all have goals. We're all motivated to say, you know, New Year, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to achieve it, right? Um, and and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think a lot of us, we set unattainable goals or we um, have this thought of like, these are all the things that I'm going to achieve. And as life happens, they they just kind of slide off the plate, right? Mm-hmm. Where So I read this book that basically said, you have, you, you can't. Go any further than one word. You have one word for this next year. That's going to be what you hang your hat on, right? Um, and so my word that just that just hit me was noise. And so how that hit me was I I have so much that I'm bringing in on a daily basis, whether that be from podcasts or like you say, Twitter, um, the news. There's so much noise being thrown at me that I I can find myself being over overflowed with just garbage basically. And so I, I I looked at this year as saying, okay, I'm really going to focus on what noise do I need to tune into? And what noise do I just need to totally let fly by me? You know? And so to answer your Twitter question, I really kind of came back to who are some of the accounts that really just fulfill me that really, every time I, I see some of their work, it's just like, it hits me like, wow, that was, that was great. Like that helps me not so much of the as you say the boasting or hey you know i whatever i made i'm i'm doing this with my job i'm managing you know 50 people as a marketing person and and here's how you can become like me like there there that's great like that's awesome but i think there's a lot of noise in that too mm-hmm. and so i i feel like i've kind of gotten to that point a little bit where i know where my focus wants and needs to be which is on happiness and contentment you know that sort of thing, um, and I think that's kind of gotten me to have my blinders on, if you will. I kind of know that the the information and the noise that I want to focus on. Obviously, it's still it's still early on in the year, so maybe I'm maybe I've got a lot of passion for it right now. So we'll we'll see where I'm at six months from now and and see if I'm still <laughs> heavy on that goal. But um, that's kind of been that that's been a good reminder for me is just like what noise am I tuning into?
0: Mm. It sounds like you're really kind of like self-aware of what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Has that been something that you've had to fine-tune over the years?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know for me, because I'm kind of a perfectionist, uh, because I com- I'm, I struggle with comparison, um, yeah, I've found what is going to try and behaviorally set me off whether that be in my finances uh as an example if i'm looking at the markets every day if i'm looking at what the stock market's doing that's not that's not good for me because behaviorally i'm already a perfectionist i already i i I try and save and invest as much money as i can and so if i'm getting caught up with saying what is the market doing today that's going to do nothing for me but make behavioral mistakes which i've done before which I've which I've gotten out of the market and I've sold my investments only to have the market come flying back again. Right. And 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 then I kick myself because I know better. Right. I know better. So um over time, yes, I, I've come to the point where I know what things are probably gonna set me off to do the wrong things. So I try and put uh filters in place to not have me make those behavioral mistakes. So again on the on the investment side of things, I I try my best not to, to even look at or listen to what the market is doing because I know that that kind of sets me off, right? And it sets me off in a negative way. Or, um, you know, on the comparison side of things, I really try and, as I kind of stated to you, really focus on what accounts am I following on Twitter, even even podcasts now that I'm listening to. I used to listen to a lot of different podcasts, which were which are great. I mean, there's a lot of great podcasts out there. But some of the noise that I'm hearing from some of them just causes me to immediately turn and compare in my life, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's taken me a while to, I think, realize that. I think you kind of brought that up, that at least I realize it. I realize that I struggle with comparison. I struggle with some behavioral mistakes if I let myself get caught up in some of that stuff. So um, yeah, I've, I've I've gotten to do a much better job now at filtering basically what my ears are hearing or what my eyes are seeing
0: Mm. that's so interesting that that comes with age and i think i think most guys that um have somewhat a bit of ambition within them to do well suffer with the same thing it's just like it's part of the the psyche unfortunately i'm wondering with all of this how does religion play into like your self-belief that you're on the right path and i'm just wondering like what what importance does religion play in your life and how how it affects your your day to day
1: yeah yeah you know i think <clears throat> it it is a deep question religion religion is a is a i mean it can be a hot button it can be a hot button issue, mm. but when I think about it like from the highest level, I think if I didn't have this belief excuse me, if I didn't have this belief in what I believe in with my religion, I would think about how empty I would feel, not only as a person, but like the whole meaning of life. Like we're all striving to, you know, get a better job, to make X amount of money, to save up, to have a family, to, to do all these things. And I just think at the end of the day, if there wasn't something beyond all of this, what it, what is the point of trying to be good in this world or to raise great children or to be an ethical person? Um, you know, I, that does really kind of guide my thoughts on where I am at in life, because when I was your age, right. Or even younger than you, I'm sitting here thinking like, these are the things I want to do. I want to be a, whatever. I want to go on to be a, a college basketball coach. And that's what I want to do with my life. And Um, you know, when, when those things don't happen, if I didn't have my religion, I would really start to question like, you know, what, why do I even care about what I'm doing in life? Right. Um, you know, I, I do understand that religion is about, it is about faith. It's about something that you don't see. And so I know on the other side of the coin there, people can say that, Hey, what if, what if there is no religion? What if there is nothing further and beyond. Right. Um, and that, and that's a logical thing to think too. I, I, I do understand that, but um, you know, for me, I do believe that there is a path set out for each and every one of us, right. That there, there's, there's a path that's going to be the one that we're go, going to end up taking. We don't know what it is right now. And sometimes we get frustrated by that, but I just, I personally believe that, we're all interacting with others in, in the way that we're meant to. We're all going down a path that we're meant to, even if it just it doesn't make sense to us. Um, so that has helped frame my my mindset to be more okay with, with where I'm at if it's if it's something that I am doing now that I didn't envision that I would be doing when I was younger.
0: Mm. It must be amazing, like just having that that constant purpose because that's what's really evident from what you've just said is that there's this ever-knowing, everlasting purpose behind everything through that religion. And I'm personally not religious myself, but I think yep. that everyone, regardless of whether you are whether you aren't, it's like everyone's just looking for a thing to commit themselves to, like that purpose, that fulfillment. That's I think that's what we're all searching for. No one's searching for happiness. Even if people do buy the Lamborghini and the big house and stuff, they'll find themselves empty because they've not fulfilled what that purpose is. And it translates differently for for everyone. I'm wondering in terms of like your social circle and your friend groups and stuff, what's the split between religious and mm-hmm. non-religious?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, oh, yeah, good question. I would say, I would say, I'm you know, my social group, 75% religious 25% not Mm -hmm. um you know uh actually my my closest friend was he was always you know he was religious if you wanted to call it that but it hasn't been until about the last year or two that he's really he's really come to a point where he's wanting to know more um on that on that front so that's been really fun to just kind of to talk about those things because at the end of the day, what we talk about in life are our struggles, right? Like if I'm talking with my good friend, yeah, we get, we, we talk about the good things that are happening, but we still kind of always gravitate to what am I struggling with? Why, why am I struggling with comparison? Why am I always thinking about wanting more or wanting more money or whatever it is? Um, You know, I, that's been really fun to bring that out of him, but, yeah, to answer to answer your question, we we kind of end up gravitating toward our own beliefs, right? Or those that we feel comfortable around, or those that agree with us, maybe, right? So mm. um, you know, I, I'm sure that's part of it, right? Like I I'm probably more gravitated towards that have this people that have the same views as me. Um, although I also think about it too what do i have time for like i work all day you know i'm with my kids at night so outside of of my workplace and my kids i mean we go to church on sundays um and so i really don't have a whole lot of access if you will to those that maybe aren't religious if you if you want to call it that so it's probably you know not a fair not a fair percentage because i don't necessarily put myself or have the opportunity to be in mm. in an amongst you know population like that does that, does that make sense or is that totally yeah, yeah no that
0: that 100 <laughs> makes 100 percent makes sense if you've got your family and you've got your job and your church on sundays there's just less time to be able to run right. around seeking out atheists out in the wild and
1: striking up conversations <laughs> <Yeah>. with them <laughs> you know that's funny that's funny and that's and you know what that here's the deal, and that's that's the hard part about you know I you know I'm a Christian. I believe in in that, but the problem is a lot of us, when I say us as Christians, we do it the totally wrong way. Like the way we live and and how we talk to other people. Like there's a lot of times, Liam, where I would say if I if I was if I didn't believe in religion, and I looked at some Christians or some people who you know believe, if you want to call it that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't become a believer either because of their actions, their actions and the way they talk and, and how they present themselves. It doesn't line up with what they're preaching. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just, I just had to laugh at that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> believing that, yeah, let's run around and let, let's try and convert people. And, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> no,
0: I love the today as well as just a discussion between two people. Like I'm, I'm curious about your religion and your experience and you're not trying to convert me to religion it's just a discussion about these things and I think if there yeah. was more of that then more people would be maybe look into it and stuff and ultimately it goes back to what I was saying I think people are just looking for a purpose and if they can find that in something that instills them with good values if it instills them with family values to take care of people stuff like that then that's awesome I'm wondering this one might be a bit of a sensitive one, but do you think that there's any pitfalls to religion or Christianity
1: in particular? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a that's a really good question. Holy cow! Um, I think I think that one can get um, maybe quote unquote full of themselves, right? Like, you know, as a Christian, as a Christian, we believe that. Uh, you know, there is only one God and there's only one way to heaven and, and and that sort of thing. Right. And I can see how one could kind of maybe look at themselves as, okay, I'm, I'm better than, than this guy or gal over here, maybe because they don't believe. Right. So mm-hmm. you could almost put yourself up on a, on a pedestal, if you will. Um, I hope that I, I hope that I don't come across that way, but it is something that you need to examine, right? Like you need to examine that, uh, am am I am I, per, am I portraying that I'm better than somebody else? Um, so that's that for sure I could see as a as a pitfall. Um, I don't necessarily see it as a pitfall, but I could see how from the outside looking in, there's some people who say, usually really successful people, right or really smart people um, who say, okay, this religion or or the faith or believing in this it, it's kind of a a crutch, if you will, maybe. It's a crutch for those that they 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 want to have something to hope for, or they want to have an excuse maybe as to why they haven't reached a a, a successful place in their life, right? Um, so from that standpoint, like I could see other people who are really pursuing the ultimate level of success in life, how they would say maybe faith in Christianity or religion could hold you back, right? Because my mindset is like success is great and stuff but that's not the that's not the only goal in life right Mm -hmm. whereas if that's your only goal in life is to reach the pinnacle of success religion probably would hold you back from that
0: yeah it's so interesting that you say that because something I've noticed like trending on my social medias of which I don't really use much I have twitter and a basic instagram for the podcast but Something I've noticed coming up time and time again is young guys that are incredibly successful but also believe in God. So it's just to be the contrary to your point, I've noticed that that's like a trend that's been happening. And I don't know it's because they know I'm not religious and they're like pushing this. I don't have you noticed that as well? Like more people talking about God in public. It is kind of funny.
1: Yeah, you know, I think now that you bring that up. I do kind of notice it quite a bit more, and I and I'm not sure if it's because, again, we have so much we have so much access to everybody and everything at our fingertips, right? Mm. So maybe we're noticing it more because we are around that many more people all the time. Um, and when I say around that many more people, just online, whether that's Twitter or like you said, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is, um, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if it's. More people talking about God, or if it's we just are accessing that many more people, right? That the numbers say we're gonna we're gonna see and hear more people talking about God. I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's funny I, that you that you bring that up. That you notice that.
0: Yeah, I think it's like I, I've talked to a few friends and they've noticed it as well. Um, yeah. Even when like Andrew Tate was still a thing, I think he's gone now, disappeared from every feed. But when he was like, popping off, there was loads... I started getting on, like, YouTube things about, like, Islam and stuff. Just, like, out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. it was just, like, the algorithm was just, like, feeding you, like, what was popular. And just, like, I'm just working on that thought of the point, it's kind of like the algorithm recognises what's popular at that point, and then pushes that. So maybe that's, like, as weird that religion would be, I guess, just kind of like pushed in that way because it's like it's fed into the algorithm the algorithm's like right okay this is seen as popular just now so god is popular sorry interesting like little things (laughs) have gone down there but it, it seems to be that way that um it's fed into the algorithm in such a way that it that it is pushed just like an interesting insight to see
1: I could see that. And now that I think about it, you know, like I said, my wife, my wife is a teacher. And, uh, ever since, you know, COVID happened in 2020, everything in the school is different. Like she's lit. She's like literally second guessing. Like, can I do this anymore? Right. Because just so much in the schools have changed from how they teach to class sizes to, to all that stuff. Right. And so, um, you know, COVID really made a, Made a made a big impact on the world, right? So, I, who knows, man? Maybe maybe the algorithm has changed now since that kind of happened, and people are are like you said, we're searching for purpose and happiness and, and and meaning, right? We we all were shut down for how long and wondering like, man, I'm sitting in my house, like, ooh, you know, what what am I going to be able to do with my life? Like, what is what is the true meaning and purpose? So yeah, maybe maybe the algorithm picked up on that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that just about like the introspection um, due to COVID of people kind of looking at their life. I also think like due to COVID people, there was like a very big push. People realised that like being employed by an employer wasn't the be all and end all of things. Because there was obviously the massive push for remote work. People are a lot more loose with like leaving jobs and starting new ones. So maybe like that, that image of like the all powerful employers kind of been shattered. And people realize it, that that like being employed by one company isn't all that, and a byproduct of that is maybe looking for more purpose and religion in this particular matter. One thing I am curious about is yeah, I had yeah. had a little research through your Twitter and stuff, and one thing I picked up on, and purely from a selfish standpoint because it's speaking to me right now, you said a huge part of your transition to financial independence is due to mentorship. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, so yeah, I just think about pretty much everything that I've done and experienced in my life from, you know, uh, going from being a college basketball coach to being, I I was a teacher. I was in education for a while too. Um, to now I, I own my own business, um, to being a husband, to being a parent, like, I've 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 done the work and I've done my research and like you know through whatever through reading through schooling through um experiencing my own things but when I really look at it like everything that has been truly successful in my life has be- been because of mentors that I've had in my life so on the business side of things both of my parents were business owners my my entire childhood I I knew nothing different my parents always owned their own business um and so when I kind of decided that I wanted to try going down that road, like who better could I go to? I went to my parents. They they prepared me for the pitfalls of, of running your own business to, you know, here, here are some things that maybe you aren't thinking of um, and, the, and that sort of thing. Um, and so, yeah, when I think about those things, it's like I have was blessed enough to have people in my life that truly cared about me for one, right? They wanted me to be successful. but. Just literally being able to talk to and learn from those that have already been there and done that or were currently doing it, it's it's night and day different and beyond what you can read in a book, okay? And don't get me wrong, so much great information from books, like absolutely read books, listen to podcasts, like that's great, but there's something about having somebody tangible in your life that you can touch, that you can see that is saying, Jordan, this is, you know, this is what worked for me. Maybe you should try this, you know, like mentorship has been, yeah, that, that's that been my, my number one piece of of wisdom that I would like to pass on to my girls too, is like find that person or few people who you truly can go to and you can say, Hey, how did you do what you do? You know, tell me what's worked. Tell me what's not worked. It's, it's priceless.
0: Mm. Have you found people to be very open when you ask?
1: Yeah, I I have. I have, to be honest with you. And I think I think that comes from you as a person though, too, right? Like I could picture you, Liam, just knowing what I know about you and your personality and talking with you. Like if you approach someone and said, Hey, like, this is what I appreciate about you, and I'm really like, I I, I want to learn more how you did this you're going to do it in a way that a person isn't going to be turned off by that. Right. You're not, you're not going to approach them and say, you owe me this information, right? Like you should tell me this information. No, we're we're going to approach it in a way that's like, I really, yeah, I, I just want to know more about how do you, how you did this, but we're going to do it in a way where that person from the other side is going to want to share their wisdom, you know? Mm. Um, so I guess, for me, I, I haven't had any ter- anybody turned off by that, but I do think it's how you approach it too, how you approach that person.
0: Yeah, just just in the way that you ask for assistance or help, or I guess how you frame it as well. And I think as it's, it's a two way relationship, right? I've not got any mentors just now, but it's something I've been thinking about recently. But do you? I mean, have you? Are you in a situation now where you're? you can be a mentor to other people because I want if you could tie this into the wealth letters as well because the wealth letters is essential essentially financial mentorship so I'm just wondering if like people approach you for mentorship what do you look at yourself as and how does the wealth letters tie into all this
1: yeah so you know the wealth letters again I, I started that for originally for my daughters and um you know, after I started it, I I realized that hey, this is this is something that maybe maybe could help others too, right? And so yeah, the wealth letters is is for sure it's talking about financial stuff because at the end of the day, I don't care what anybody says. We can't be happy and feel secure um, unless we have financial stability, right? I mean, you hear those stories of sure, I, I, the the guys living the guys living on the side of the road and he's happy as can be and all that stuff like. I just don't think that's real life. Right. I think for most of us as human beings, like we have to have financial security in order to, to kind of move beyond our, our inner selves, if you will. Cause if we're always struggling to just make ends meet, if we're living paycheck to paycheck, if we don't know how we're going to support ourselves or our kids, it's really hard to, to, to kind of get to that next level of what can I do not only to help myself, but to help others. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely has a financial focus, but, also a focus on, you know, how can we find happiness? How can we find contentment? Um, and doing that through mentorship. And basically what I mean by that is, you know, finding people from all walks of life, people like you, people like me, someone who has been there and done that and has started multi-million dollar businesses and and finding what have they found to be the purpose of their life, what has what has made them happy, if you will. Um, and so the wealth letters is, is, is trying to attempt to do that, right? It's trying to, to take information from people, um, of all ages, all walks of life. Doesn't matter how much money you make, how much money you don't make. Um, but just gather their insights. Like how did they build their wealth or what currently has made them happy or what have they found to be, you know, delivers the most contentment to them in their life, um, And my idea is I'd like to kind of have that as a collection. And as we read it, or as we, as we go through these letters from people, hopefully we can find some trends, right? Like Mm. hopefully we can find that, Hey, this millionaire said that this truly at the end of the day is what made them happy. But this person here may a minimum wage Starbucks worker. Wow. That this is what makes them happy. And I'm, and I'm starting to see some similarities there. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, we're all, we're all individuals. Like we all are going to have things that will stick out to us. Um, like certain things are going to hit me differently than they're going to hit you. Right. But the hope is that, yeah, we can start to just maybe see some little nuggets and trends of, okay, this seems to be what's really making people happy. Right. Um, so that that's kind of the idea behind the wealth letters. Um, but yeah to answer your question on on mentorship uh you know i i do have i do have some people in my life that are that are about your age um and one of them has asked you know beginning to, to ask about finances about investing um they have no idea about any of that stuff right they don't even know what an IRA is or any of that stuff um and then also I have a friend who wants to start a business, right? So, not saying that I'm an expert in that, but it's been fun to kind of talk about some of that stuff like, okay, a business is going to be different than a punch in, punch out 9 to 5 job, those sorts of things. So, it has been it has been fun to be able to talk with some people about some things that I've gone through. Um and I in the wealth letters has as I've gotten a lot of really good feedback from that too. So, it's been it's been really cool to see so far. Mm-hmm.
0: I must be, so just reading between the lines, it's taking the kind of surface level financial lessons, but you're looking for that deeper meaning and a deeper connection between each of the people, each of the lessons and trying to extrapolate that value from it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because all, so yeah, the letters that I've, that I've, that I have so far, they, they all have a, a piece of, most of them have a piece of financial something in them right mm. but in every single one right it's 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 about financial stability is, is absolutely important right that's absolutely important for your happiness for your for your future for your family um but every single one of them it's gone beyond that it's gone beyond to say yeah i you know i may have this money but does that money truly make me happy well most of the time it's not it, it's it's what is that money going to be able to do for you right like Can it buy you a little bit of freedom in your job? Can I go from working five days a week? Maybe I can go down to three days a week and I can spend more time with my daughters or I can, you know, have a date day every week with my wife. Um, And so that's what I've kind of found so far is that it literally does not matter. Yeah. How much money you have or how much money you make. Um, What is that money going to be able to do for you? Right. Right. It's, it's, it's been buying freedom or it's been buying time basically is what I've been starting to see. So it's been really cool to see that so far.
0: So buying freedom and buying time is what you said there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's Uh, what we're all aiming for, right? Is more freedom and more time to spend on the things we care about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It was funny. I, so I, just put together a letter today from from uh, an entrepreneur, and he said that, uh, I'm trying to remember his exact quote, but basically he said, if you are younger than another person, you are richer than that person. And if you are a lot younger than that person, you are infinitely richer than that person. So basically what he was trying to get at was he had built multiple businesses, he, you know he said that he was living in maybe one of the nicest houses that most people would ever see in their lifetime. Right. But at the end of the day, he said that he, if he would trade his life and all of his things for somebody 20 years younger than him, he would do it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Mm. Wouldn't even think about it. He would do it. And so that was just a prime example where he was like, you know, time, right. He bought, he wanted time and he didn't have as much of that. Um, similar to, a. I just read a, a, there was a study that was not a study, but a survey that was done a few years back where they asked a bunch of financial, um, students who were going to school for finance. They said, Hey, do you, would you trade places with Warren Buffett? And if you're a financial guy or gal, you probably know who Warren Buffett is. Yeah. And overwhelmingly to my surprise, most of them said, no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't trade places with them because they're what, they're 20 years old. They're 23 years old, like you, Liam. And, they they've got they've got their whole life ahead of them they've got their goals and aspirations mr buffett he you know he doesn't have as much time left and so even though he's a a multi-billionaire a 20 or 23 year old would say no they don't want to trade places with him so that's just a prime example again too that at the end of the day we're we're here we're we're trying to buy time we're trying to buy freedom
0: yeah it's really interesting i'd like Yeah, I think we get so caught up in these like monetary concerns, and like this idea of success that we forget what value youth has to it as well, and just like the ability to just enjoy that. Um, and it's really hard to live like a balanced lifestyle, right? And 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 be grateful for what you've got. But I think I think it's what we're all kind of striving more for, is um, like a firm Mm -hmm. understanding of what we have. I was wondering if you could just so for people listening, so they can have a firm understanding of what they would expect from the Wealth Letters, can you give a little bit of like maybe a 60 second introduction of what it looks like, how it's structured, how you get the material, and so on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the Wealth Letters, so it's, it's a collection of letters uh, written by people from all walks of life. So, again, kind of the everyday unknown person to the titans of success that we've come to know. Um, and that collection, uh, that they write is on building wealth, building happiness and building purpose. Um, and so what they can expect is they can listen to the letter being read out loud, um, or they can read the letter and it's on, it's, it's online. And, uh, as of now I've got, I think I have six letters up right now. Um, a couple of them are from some financial people, from entrepreneurs. One's from a mother. One's from me. Um, one's from a 24-year-old kid. Um, and so it's been really cool to just kind of already see some of the differences and some of the similarities between um, these different types of people. But yeah, that's it, it's basically reading the insights from from other people on what they've found to be happiness and, and how they've become to be happy, basically,
0: I love that. I think that's an awesome way of doing things, and I think it'll bring a lot of value for people. I'm wondering what's the what's the plan for the next few years of both the wealth letters and for for you as a person what's on the horizon apart from blocking out noise
1: yeah yeah, right apart from that uh well, so yeah, my full time job so i'm a I'm a cleaning contractor, so um we contract window cleaning, gutter cleaning, and pressure washing for for businesses and houses. Um, so my goals with that is I, oh, I've been, this is my seventh year, seventh year in business. And over those seven years, we've come into a a, a niche, if you will. We kind of know the types of accounts that we want to do. Like we want to kind of focus on commercial clients, maybe over um single residential houses, let's say. So my goals on the business side of things is to really hone in on what are the accounts that's going to be our greatest return, not just on our investment and our and our money, but on our time, right? Because at the end of the day, what you and I are talking about, we want to have more time and more freedom. So if I can turn the ability to have my business be or maybe I'm only maybe I'm only in my business three days a week instead of the five that I'm in right now, right? So that's kind of my goal on the business side of things is to really focus on um that uh that return on our time and, and return on our investment on the accounts that we're doing. Um and in terms of the wealth letters, where I see that going, um I would love, I would love, this is years down the line, is I would love to have it be a a, a collection, a book, an anthology, if you will. There's a lot of books out there that have collected letters. Um Collected letters from people, from famous people, presidents, all that kind of thing. Um, but I, I haven't seen anything yet that is like a manual for kind of how not not only to maybe uh, gain wisdom, but just I think at the end of the day, you and I talked about it. We all want happiness and contentment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of what I see is is kind of like, well, this is the you you get happiness and contentment by learning from. From these gurus and and the, the the high class people, like all the successful people, right? But but what about us? Like I'm a I'm a middle class dude. Like I don't know. I, I guess I can take some some lessons from Warren Buffett, but does that really apply to me? Because I'm not Warren Buffett, right? And so yeah, my goal would be to to have a have a book that people could could read a manual, if you will. That's literally just it's universal. There's it's 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 every age. It's it doesn't matter what you've done, what you're currently doing. The hope is that we are going to be able to extract wisdom from that to find out, okay, how how can I take some of this stuff from these people and apply it to me as an individual person to say, okay, this is kind of how I can find some happiness. Right. Um, And then the ultimate goal with it is, is there's a, I've, I've kind of looked at, at um, some people who, have looked into doing this and they haven't done it yet in the United States, but um, I would like to have these letters be read out loud by actors and actresses. So in an auditorium or in a, in a theatrical setting, you know, where basically you have someone very skilled at, at reading or at bringing out the life of the letters um, and it becomes a production, right? That would be, that would be the, the, the pinnacle of where I, where I would see this going, right? Where, people could come to a theater and listen to these letters being read out loud by you know Liam has a letter in there alongside (laughs) of you know Warren Buffett has a letter letter that's written um yeah that's that's ultimately where I see it going that would be my goal there
0: well who would you have um reading your letters aloud would you have like Andy Serkis um reading them aloud or would you have like Morgan Freeman what kind of voice would you go for
1: Yeah. I mean, Oh boy. I, yeah. Morgan Freeman. Oh boy. I like, yeah, that would be (laughs) Morgan Freeman reading. I love that guy's voice. Uh, yeah, no, I, it would be, it would be cool to have a, a mix, right. Have a, a deep Morgan Freeman voice and then have someone else come out. That's just totally opposite of that. Right. Because the feeling that you get from these letters, when you read them, like it, the, the feelings are so different, right. You can just tell by the writer's style and what they've gone through that like, wow, this this letter it has an entirely different feel and purpose than this one over here, mm. right? And so, yeah, it it is interesting, not only when you read it, the feelings that you get, but if you could apply that to different voices, like you really can bring these letters to life.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I didn't, like from the, the surface, I wasn't able to see what you've just told me now, like just looking at your Twitter and stuff and the, the website for it. I wasn't able to understand it on this level. So I'm glad that we've got into this discussion and now I'm able to understand what you're actually building with it. And I think it's such an important point. Like something you mentioned there is having something that's universal and it's applicable and it's relatable. And I think that's so important because so much of the information out there right now is from gurus and people that are multi, multi multi-billionaires. And that's what I found just listening to some podcasts. I'm like, I have no relatability to these people at all and part part of the part of the idea for this podcast is I want to kind of humanize success so I want to take people that are successful in different facets I want to understand what they think success means and I want to be able to like redefine people's understanding that successful people are just normal people like they're just normal people that did did something or are doing something um, and bring a more human aspect to it I think just on the human aspect, I want to round off um this podcast with asking you to reflect honestly. So I'm sure you've noticed as you've listened to the other podcasts, I always kind of finish off the same way and ask my guests to kind of like be really human and reflect honestly on their character. So I've just got two or three questions yeah. here for you. What habit are you most proud of forming over
1: the years? Hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm, my planning, my planning has been, has been my best habit, whether that's, uh, you know, when my finances or, or my business or when I was in school, right. Um, I've always been, uh, really, really hard on my planning. I, I mean, I, I like to kind of map out not only my day ahead, but maybe, maybe I'm looking at my week ahead, right? Like what, what do I kind of, what are my main top one or two things that I need to accomplish this next week? And maybe what are two or three things that's like, hey, if I can get to this, that would be cool too. Mm. Um, so I do, I do think that planning, you know, just kind of mapping out, if you will, has been, has been a habit that's really been a good thing for me.
0: Awesome. I love that. And what thought do you struggle with the most?
1: What thought? what thought
0: do you struggle with the most and you can interpret that in whatever way you want
1: yeah i struggle with again it goes back to this comparison piece and also me being a religious person right like i i'm supposed i'm i'm supposed to believe that we're here for a reason right that that god has a has a plan for me that you know i'm supposed to trust and that things are going to turn out the way that he has a plan for. But yet I find myself totally fighting that all the time, right? Like I want to be <clears throat> have more money. I want to do this with my life or whatever that is. And so the thought that I struggle with all the time is like, I'm a smart guy, I'm a religious guy, but yet I still fight these battles of humanness, right? Mm. Like these human thoughts that, i want more i want more and when that when that's not what my my beliefs or my religion says right um and so i struggle with with the thought of if i'm so smart and i've been successful why do i still find myself tugging and fighting at some of those those thoughts that i know are wrong if you will or i know aren't going to help me out in, in my life and yet i still kind of let those creep in
0: mm. i appreciate you sharing with that that's um An interesting insight and lastly if you were to open a physical store and you were selling some sort of food could be anything what would be what would be your food shop like if it it could be a restaurant it can be anything it could be drinks what's the what's the jordan shop
1: what are you selling if you know me yeah if you're close to me you know that i'm a i love breakfast cereal Mm-hmm. I love cereal and I don't, honestly, I don't even eat it for breakfast. I eat cereal, way too much cereal uh, for like my dessert, my nighttime snack. Um, and I like to mix cereals. Like I, does, I, I'll i have like two different kinds of cereals mixed in my bowl and I just like making different concoctions of cereal. <laughs> I'm usually a guy that kind of likes it soggy too. Which yeah. know, a lot of people would say that that's nasty, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you know, if I would be, I would have a shop of breakfast cereal. You can mix and match how you see fit. Yeah, that's that's what I would be. I love that.
0: I think. I mean, I've heard of that concept before, of like a cereal shop before, but I've never seen it in person. So I'd love to see that. What's the What's the golden combo of cereal? You said you like to mix one. Is there any <clears> two <throat> that you have found that you're like, that's the ticket. That's the move
1: yep yep uh, they don't gosh they don't make it I, i've been having a really hard time finding this rice krispies treats mm. is it's not rice krispies so I don't, i'm don't. i sure you've heard of rice krispies maybe maybe it's just a u.s yeah. thing i yeah, don't know we have them in but like it's a- rice krispies treat okay so it's not rice krispies it's rice krispies treats where it's like it, i don't i don't even know how to explain it they're they're more in clusters if you will and frosting yeah so that mixed with uh cinnamon life I don't know if you have ever heard of cinnamon life but mm. you put those two together and I don't know what it is Liam but that's like if that's the only two kinds of cereals I had and that's all I could eat like I would be okay
0: <laughs> I love that I don't I really think we have I know Rice Krispies treats we get in, we get in like bars here so we don't have it in cereal boxes but we get it in bars yes. um, to chew Yep, yep. so I would, I've never had it as a cereal but I can imagine those two as a combo together is the move so Maybe I need to make a move over to the US just to try this cereal at some point.
1: You might, have to, you might have to try it. Like I say, you might you might wonder, like, what is this guy doing mixing cereals? But I always tell people, give it a shot and then tell me. Mix a couple of cereals together and then tell me what you think.
0: Awesome. I love that. I love that trial by fire. Well, thank you so much for coming on, mate. This has been such a good conversation. And we've covered things that I've not I've not actually talked about on the podcast before. Um, with regards to family and religion and fatherhood and I appreciate your candor the entire time as well Um, just in terms of how honest and open you've been with like your thoughts and your struggles with things so yeah thank you so much for coming on
1: absolutely absolutely I appreciate it and uh like I said I came across I came across you in your podcast and uh yeah the vision of what you're trying to do just was like dang this is this is so cool because it's, it's similar to what, to what my goals are too. And um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome to hear your podcast and who you interview because everybody has their own lifestyles. They have their own mental models and and frameworks for how they live, how they think. Um, So yeah, I, I love what you're doing. I hope, I hope you keep going with it. I know that it probably can be a struggle to, to kind of get it going and keep that momentum, but Mm. I love what you're doing too. So I appreciate it.